0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here. Good gracious. Uh, what what a group. Brother Rufus, uh, how are
1: you, sir? Uh, as they say in the mountains, as well as common. Well as common. With my uh, new cowbell on my, my You're wearing heart. a cowbell? Well, uh, you know, I requested a chitlin, as you well know, to <laughs> <coughs> put on top of that heart, and they decided on a cow, so... Oh, that's right, your uh, valve, your heart valve. My, my valve, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cowbell. So valve. I'm doing just well. Cowbell. Cow <laughs> <He's goat. laughs> well, I haven't given any, any milk yet, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think goat uh, Goat. Yeah. Goat gloves well, uh, the cow are uh, from, more durable, I think. From, up uh, in the mountains when you put the cows out to pasture – and milking time come, you you need to know where they were. Yeah, and you could tell by the cowbell. So will this this tell you where they are now? Oh, it does all kinds of things. <laughs> I'm i in fine shape. It's amazing. And, you and well, again, thank, uh, thank all the folks out there that that called and wrote notes. Uh now if you can just do something about that pneumonia, I called. Yeah. But other than that, I'm as fine as a fiddle. Good. Uh, wake up every morning happy. Well, so, that's good. To welcome talk. to be here, and mm-hmm. it is a. It is a star-studded It cat. is.
0: Nelsa Cox is with us this morning. Morning Nelson. Good morning. Good How's Mama? Back. She's doing just fine. She's yeah. great. She listening and I think in so. Okay. She's she's
2: uh good morning. she's my new boss and she's been um, oh. having me plant all kinds of fun stuff so we're, we're right. working the farm. Wow. We're going to have a mini arboretum.
0: And uh, a <laughs> a friend of long standing. I don't know how yes. I've, I've known Tony Avon, I guess since uh, the early 80s maybe. Uh, when you were on occasionally on Ask Your Neighbor mm-hmm. and I think you you preceded Irv Evans as doing that little guest spot with Mari and we've, me We've and,
3: done all kinds of things through yeah. the years. It's been many years since it has since we've been
0: here. It has. But it's so nice so nice <clears throat> to have you here.
3: Good to be back. I see things hadn't changed at all.
0: Not a bit. No, <laughs> no. Uh, that's this is my forty ninth year and and I'm um you know Things things look pretty much the same around here. I know which room to go to and <laughs> you don't which get lost. button to push. No, it. no, it's nice. I don't want them to change too much. But we have we have two people. Nelson, I don't know about you, but we have two people with Wikipedia pages: uh, Tony <laughs> and Rufus. So uh, there
1: you go. How about by, that? Who, by the way, who makes up all that stuff? Beats me. <laughs> Don't know where where does it come from tony
3: it 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 comes from the great uh, ethernet or the universe or metaverse. somebody or has to
1: put it metaverse. in there somebody
0: has to know <laughs> has to know how to how to do it and it has to be a where
1: well, I, I didn't do mine it'd be better <laughs>
0: Well I'm I don't sure think you, you can do your own I think no, I don't somebody think helps, so.
1: has to do it for you
0: Somebody not associated with you maybe I don't know
3: yeah, or, be somebody be, who lies be famous about or a, infamous. yeah yeah. Uh,
0: so uh, that that's a good thing, and and Tony, you just have so much going on, the, especially since the last time we um, we were on with you, or you were on with us, and uh, you have uh, you have something big this weekend that everybody knows about who knows gardening.
3: Well, we're, we we opened the gardens up. Uh, we for those that don't know, we have our own botanic gardens yeah. funded by small mail order nursery, and we open the gardens to the public four times a year, and our uh, last weekend of a winter open house is this weekend, so we'll be here today from 9 to 5 and tomorrow from 9 to 5. So we'd love for people to come out and walk around and see what's possible.
0: You have a couple of things out there Plant the Lights Nursery and uh, the Juniper Level Botanic Gardens. Juniper Level. Uh, doesn't look the same as it used to. That area, it, you have lots of houses uh, surrounding you. You're kind of like an oasis.
3: Well, we are. We we moved out there. There were farms all around, and the yeah. farms got swallowed up by developers. And yeah. We've been able to uh, scare off all of our neighbors and absorb their <laughs> land into the uh, the gardens. And uh, we've we've now uh, uh, several years ago donated that to North Carolina State uh, mm-hmm. for preservation and. Uh, in exchange, they said we have no money, but we have this hat. It says fundraiser, and we're going to give you this hat, and your job is to convince people to put money into the endowment so the garden will actually be maintained in the future. So, so that's my new pastime.
1: Well, okay. you had a double whammy. Not only did you give it away, fund it. <laughs> so. The, yeah. along, the strings coming along with keep up, keep keep up what you gave us. So, how many acres do you have? Now? Uh, we
3: have got twenty eight acres now. Okay. And uh, we just uh, lost a, a tiny corner to the new I five forty. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but hopefully there will be some uh, <coughs> little out parcels that they won't need that we might be able to expand further. So some pretty neat opportunities there, as long as we can deal with all the traffic noise. Is uh, there so a
0: Tony we'll, Avon exit? Uh, of God, I hope
3: not. <laughs> well, I think it'd be
0: great, uh, juniper uh, level or, or uh, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah, but
3: maybe maybe a billboard's in our future. Who knows?
0: <laughs> uh, well, at any rate, uh, how can how can folks get to your open house today and see the botanic gardens, buy plants? Because this is primarily a mail order business.
3: It is, and, and so that's why we open up so public, the local people can come in and, and see what's going on. So they can go to one of two websites. They can go to the nursery website, which is plantdelights.com, or the Botanic Garden website to find out more about the gardens, and that's uh, juniperlevelbotanicgarden.org or jlbg.org.
0: And is there is there information – I should know this – is there information on your website – uh, to if one wants to donate to oh, the absolutely. foundation?
3: absolutely. You can get to it on both websites. Uh, but JLBG is more about the garden experience, what the gardens are, why it's important to preserve gardens. Uh, oh. I don't think people think a lot about gardens in terms of, number one, plant material. Uh, we've got uh, probably the fourth or fifth largest plant collection in the entire U.S. right here in Wake County. Uh, we've got researchers, medical researchers, taxonomic researchers come in, study plants, because they're plants that truly aren't grown anywhere else in the country. And a lot of those, all of our medicines come from plants. Mm-hmm. And so the potential uh, for for preserving those plants may have great repercussions down the road for humankind.
0: Yeah. You know, I, re- I remember bits and pieces about uh, your travels. I remember you're you're going to China years ago, and you're talking about – uh, eating wasp larvae, <laughs> Wa- fried wasp larvae, deep-fried <laughs> wasp larvae.
3: Yeah, I was the only one on our trip that ate them sober. <laughs> <laughs> now, right. I've <coughs> had chocolate. I've,
0: I've had a cricket. I don't remember if it was chocolate or yeah. not. These, of course, these were farm-raised. That's different. They weren't out of the
1: <laughs> out <laughs> the backyard or anything. <laughs> they but look I, the same. I haven't. I haven't eaten a deep-fried wasp larvae. Have you, Rufus? Uh, no, but I, I, one time I visited China, and I didn't see a living thing. And somebody said, well, no wonder they eat it here. <laughs> if it flies, swims, walks, <laughs> they eat it.
0: <laughs> and there are a lot of people that much. eat it. So, uh, there, but there there's so many plants in China, uh, in, in Asia, that, mm-hmm. uh, that we enjoy so much here and that have adapted. Of this area. Well, is a that, lot where,
1: that, that where Camilla came from? Oh, yeah. Yes, camellias are from mm-hmm.
3: China, from Vietnam, yeah, from Japan. They're uh, all over uh, East Asia. So, yeah, so many of our plants. Yeah, camellias and azaleas, the plants that the South is known for. And you know, what's really been interesting is, is that was sort of the flavor of the month, and now you're getting into people are recognizing native plants. It's like, oh, we got some really cool plants as well, because mm. our natives people didn't grow them in the gardens unless you lived in Europe. So we were growing the Asian natives, the Europeans were growing the American natives. It's everybody wants what they don't have and it's really fascinating to look at look at that and and now the trend is finally oh, to realize we got some pretty great plants right here in our backyard and those grow very well among the camellias and azaleas.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty amazing. I've also also remember you talking about Stunning parts of Texas were that you visited.
3: Uh, We've done a hundred trips around the world, and probably done about six to Texas. And I love Texas. Texas is fascinating because you got East Texas, which is exactly like rural North Carolina. It's like Mm -hmm. Wake County. Yeah. And then you get into West Texas, and that's high up into the Alpine Texas. It's, It's completely different. You got Central Texas, which is very hot and dry it's, it's it's like it's like a half dozen states all combined into one and the plant material from there most of it has really been incredible for us
0: yeah and it works around here and i you've tried a lot so many things
3: we have <laughs> we, we, we want to show people what's possible and and i think so many people when they want to they get a new house they look at what their neighbors did okay and they think that's all that's possible and we want to bring them out and, and and sort of have them have a, as I like to say, I have a I could have had a V8 moment. It's like really I could have had this, and and I think people don't realize we we currently grow just over twenty seven thousand different kinds of plants at the garden. Most people used to grow in ten or twelve in their yard. So when they come out, they see things that they've never seen, didn't know was possible, and 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 that's what's really neat is expanding people's horizons.
0: And they can see them in in greenhouses but they can also see them in in that botanic garden and how they're faring.
3: Yeah I I think that's the key and that's why more people should go to botanic gardens because you buy a plant in a box store or a, a garden center and you don't realize always what the mature size will be and I, I have a thing on box store tags which are typically way off from what the reality is we were talking with visitors yesterday they said well they went to their box store or garden center and they told them hydrangeas would go out in full sun I said well not very well uh, they're going to look pretty bad and then uh, there's a little uh, a little cypress called a lemon thread and I've done a blog on this because every tag I've seen says it matures out at four foot tall by two foot wide. Our 20-year-old plant is 25 foot tall by 15 foot. That's a long ways from four by two. So people put things in the wrong place, and then they have to get out there with hedge clippers and clip them. So yeah. you're better off to see what it actually looks like in the garden before you put it in.
0: I remember Irv, uh, many years ago, Irv Evans saying, and I've mentioned this before, that uh, when you buy a Laura Pedlam, of course they were you know, we had one type of Laura Pedlam back then. Don't plant it
3: under a window.
1: Yes. Oh, my goodness. <coughs> well, That's why well, I have a 30-foot hedge right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Laura lauripedlums
3: nelf- nelf- are 30-foot trees, as, as yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. And, boy, so many people put them as foundation shrubs, and then they're right. out there clipping the rest of their lives. You know, we're supposed to be into energy conservation. Do you know how much energy is wasted with hedge clippers? Uh, uh, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I always tell people, if you got a hedge clipper— that's like, let me handing you, here's your, here's your sign. Uh, you probably don't have the plant in the right place, because if you did, you'd never have to prune it.
0: Yeah. I've seen a book called Put the, Put the Right Plant in the Right Place, I think. Absolutely. so now, important. <clears throat> you've written a book about uh, teaching people how to run a nursery, <laughs> but why haven't you written a book for the general public or for people who are interested in plants?
3: Well, it's, act- it's, it's actually in the middle of being written. I'm oh. I'm, I'm 90,000 words uh, finished. Uh, wow, so great. hopefully it will be complete uh, before too long. I just my problem is I'm outside too much. It's hard to write when you're out digging holes in the ground. Yeah. But yeah, I was supposed to have been finished already. But it's it's coming and it'll be about the development of our gardens and about our garden philosophy and I do think that's needed because we come at things from a Experience-based, and most people are like, "All right, well, here's what the books say." Well, the books often are wrong, so Mm -hmm. we figured it would be nice to have one based on uh, what we had actually seen and observed in the garden.
1: I I, I want you or or Nelson. Somebody needs to write a book about the botanical gardens of North Carolina. To start out, Mm -hmm. J.C. Ralston, Mm -hmm. go to your place, go all over the state, do a chapter on each each botanical garden which I think would be wonderful.
3: That would be wonderful. Sounds like a good project. I yeah, like. Rufus. Mm-hmm. How about, I, I, let's, let's do some I'm, road I'm, trips.
1: I'm trying to write a book, another book, Tony. <clears throat> Nelson knows about it on civility in the political world that's okay i know y'all are laughing about that that's, about that's that. never that's <laughs> never worked but how, let, how let, are you going to handle it let's get back to that well
0: that'd be nice yeah that was a time we had more, more so. yeah we were nicer to each other
1: well I, we were I, nice I back in that. my days with uh, senator Irvin and senator baker uh those two worked like a, a fine team of horses
3: yeah, but yeah. if you go back further than that, they— People shot at each they other. They shot at each other, that's right. They had, <laughs> they had to I'm, fight. I'm well, gonna,
1: Let's have a duel. Well, thank goodness I don't those, agree little, with you. those little pistols didn't work very well. <laughs> no, well, they, they didn't miss fire a They alive. rarely hit one another. That's right. And I've often thought that was a big hoax. <laughs> well, they, the they, duel? They'd be 100 feet away. You haven't been involved. By a country mile. You haven't <laughs> been involved in one, have you? A duel uh, well, up in the I'll, mountains. Only vertical, not vertical, but verbally. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> All
0: right. That sounds
3: like a great book. It uh, does. I'll Buy a copy of
0: it. <laughs> Steve is in Garner. Hey, Steve. Hello, Steve.
4: That's me. Yeah, you're
0: next. You're on the air.
4: I am talking to you. All right. Um. The um. I heard to tell Tony I got. That variegated uh chinaberry tree in my backyard, and it is uh, about forty feet tall and about twenty feet wide.
0: <laughs> you didn't plant that in front of your windows, did you?
4: Uh, no, I planted <laughs> it out in the middle of the yard. It's okay. Kind of the room to all right. Exercise its uh, its its uh, plumage, but it's it's a beautiful tree, and, I, and it's been a good shade tree. So, but it is huge. Yeah. Um, but uh, just uh, yeah, I, I enjoy visiting his gardens once in a while. It's uh, an expen- it's a, it, it can be an expensive experience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's plants are expensive. That's okay. They you know they, if you take care of them, they last a long time. you, yeah. you get your money's worth.
4: Uh, yeah, well, one thing about you, you got to know that um, he um, the testing he does on it. You know they're going to survive in this yeah. uh, zone. That's so. right. That's one good thing about it.
0: Right. And uh Tony Steve is uh with the Hemerocallis Society. So he's he has uh, all kinds of day lilies at his place and the...
4: I have about 500 varieties in my uh, display gardens. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: One of my favorite plants. Uh, yeah, yes, It's my
4: favorite too.
3: Yeah. Mm. Certainly something well, I can...
4: I take it back. I love uh Pinocchis. Uh-huh. That is got to be my favorite uh evergreen. That, that it, it's uh I, I've got uh, a mixture of plants in my garden that include uh, the fringe trees and uh, fruit trees and um, not just the daylilies. So, and I've got about seven different varieties of hornokis in my yard. So I have a collection.
3: Well, that's great. Yeah, plant plant favorites are just like a politicians' favorites. Their favorite is the one they're standing in front of at the moment. Oh,
1: now, wait a minute. Tony, I'm recovering. Yeah,
4: Yeah. that's right. He's not a politician anymore. first thought I had when Rufus said he was writing a book about civility and politics, and I thought it was going to be a humor book. So, you know.
1: (laughs) Well, it's a laughable thing to he can't people. tell. I don't think he can but, tell that stuff. But the trouble, Steve, <laughs> is that this incivility that's in the political world mm. is seeping over into everyday life. Yes, it is. And that's what bothers me so much, yeah. that in you have perfectly good, life, normal people is, is, who've gotten mean. Right. They've gotten yeah. mean with one another. They've gotten hateful.
4: Well, well and, and, and I think that this, it goes both ways. I think the society has gotten to the point where it's affecting politics, too. Right. So. But anyway, yeah. the, you know, the, you were talking about the history of some of the things, and uh, there there were incidences uh, where the the uh, politicians went after each other with their canes. had, their had cane. cane fights on the floor. Yeah,
1: How well, about that? Well, well, this this we've one, had cane fights here. Huh? That's one <clears> man crippled <throat> from uh, yeah. Massachusetts. Anyway,
4: just before I go, yeah. I know you guys got to go for the news, and, right? Um, we're having our first daylily meeting at the uh, J.C. Ralston Arboretum on Sunday the 10th at 2pm on on Sunday and we have a guest speaker that's bringing daylilies to uh, auction off so if people want to come and leave with something that's one way of doing it and it would support our club it's open to anybody and I think the way that the uh, Arboretum put our club meeting out on their signage, um, they put uh, Raleigh Hemerocallis Society. So just be aware that you're looking for the Hemerocallis Society, and that's us. Yeah, that's
0: right. In uh, case you don't know,
4: they used our scientific name instead of our daily name.
0: That, well, that's as it should be at the Arboretum.
4: Well, yeah, I guess.
0: I mean, if you're really interested in it, you're going to know that it's a callus, But uh, maybe some people
4: don't. But what we're trying to do is attract new people that we can teach.
0: I know, but uh, if if they're they're that interested in to go at whatever gardening, Steve, thank you very much.
4: Yes, sir. I'll be listening to you Uh, if you don't mind. I'd like to call back later for a reminder uh, for the listeners about the
0: about the about the meeting. Sure.
4: Sure. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys.
0: You take care. Yeah, I mean, if if people are uh, are interested in attending a meeting, they're probably going to know a little something about it. I, I don't think I'd go to a meeting if I didn't know anything about it.
1: Maybe some people would. Hey, uh, well, I've had meetings with people left said I didn't know a thing when I came, and I knew less when I left. <laughs> Well, I, I, I
0: think I've probably been to meetings like that, uh, too. Some in this building. <laughs> Nine, I hate meetings. 919-860-9783. Out of town, 1-800-662-7979. Mike Raley here, along with Rufus Edmondston, Nelson Cox, and Tony Avent with us today. Uh, Tony, um, I want to talk about uh, Daphne's. Something we talk about a lot, partly because Rufus uh, has a lot of Daphne's and he's killed several in in recent years and uh he bemoans the fact that uh, they keep passing away but i have had one probably 15 years and i someone uh, gave it to me maybe phil phil campbell and i I put it down behind some foundation plants and i forgot about it and it grew into the ground it's kind of on a, a sloped area near the near the house, right up against the house, and uh, the pot split open, and I just started noticing it. And over the last fifteen years,
3: it has grown. Oh wow, that's awesome. It has oops, yeah.
0: But it is it has grown around a, um, a huge mahonia, and uh, it's uh, it's it's very unusual.
3: Yeah, Daphneas are great plants, but you've got to get them in the right location. It's, it's drainage, drainage, drainage. Yeah. And, and so you've got two types of drainage. you got internal and external. And a lot of people will focus on one, but not the other. It's do you have it on some sort of a slope? Slopes really matter. That's where you get your external drainage. Internal is how well you've prepared that soil all the way down through So that when you have these six and seven inch rains in July and August, which are our two wettest months, that's when you lose them. So you've got to have that soil where you have good organic matter all the way through and then you need to have another shrub nearby that'll help pull that moisture out in the summer. And if you do those three things, Daphne Odora is very easy to grow.
1: Boy, I thought I'd never hear that. (coughs) See? Well, I have three left, Tony. Yeah. Now I followed Rose Rhodes' advice the other day. I took about a three-gallon uh, container, filled it up with dirt, uh, got the lowest limb I could find, put it down in there, put a brick on it, <clears throat> put more on the top, and they don't have very low-growing limbs. So I'm a little. I've had to bend one sort of over, <clears throat> so I'm I'm hoping for the best because. The I, I know they don't like to be moved no, but, I, but I, I've had three that have lived now for going on 15 years yeah. so yeah. I think that's pretty good yeah, that's excellent. And it's that's in awesome. the worst the worst soil that I could ever dream of and I didn't dig much of a hole and so well apparently they don't care if you dig a hole or
3: not well <laughs> yeah. plants make no. idiots out of experts and experts out of idiots because you, <laughs> you say well this is what has to happen and somebody will say well I didn't do any of that well you just happen to get it in the perfect spot, yeah. and the plant's telling you it likes where it is. Yeah. Well, about
1: 10, 10 others I, I didn't. <laughs>
2: when, when we take Daphne out <clears throat> and on uh, installation jobs, we, we always uh, load a bag of Permatil. That mm-hmm. goes on the, the job. You see a Daphne, mm-hmm. we take the permitil, um and yeah. you know kind of get it mounted up a little bit. Do
1: people really ask... Ask for Daphne's or, or do you recommend oh,
2: them? Oh, uh, we do have lots of people that ask for Daphne, and because uh, they smell good, th- they do. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're planting a whole foundation. It's it's more of well, a, a novelty and a fragrant plant. And um, and, and uh, we were talking off the air a while ago. Um, you know, the arboretum is. Um, I say the arboretum J C Roston Select Plant Committee is is um, getting ready to introduce um, a, a Daphne that is showing more resistance to root rot uh, it's very fragrant it's not variegated um, I have a plant at a farm that has done very well um, th- this particular Daphne they even have the label out now but it's not a named cultivar I think we're still working on that but um, anyway it's it's showing a uh, great um, Interest for for our local gardeners to be able to have and good good scent, very fragrant, very very fragrant. Smells mm-hmm. like a bowl of Fruit Loops. Okay, a bowl of Fruit Loops. A bowl of
0: Fruit Loops. <coughs> <coughs> okay, well, Tony is uh, also something I remember that you said to, to maybe plant one of each plant, not yeah. <laughs> not rows and rows. <laughs> well, our whole philosophy
3: is is diversity. It's it, that's where you get the most. Interest is to get the most pollinators. It's all about diversity. So, yeah, we sort of have a a planning philosophy we call landscaping with drifts of one. And I just, I've seen so many boring gardens where they would take one plant and just repeat it ad nauseum. And we want to celebrate that incredible diversity of plants from literally all over the world. It's just something exciting every day happening in the garden.
0: You mentioned native plants. Uh, do you sell a lot of and grow a lot of native plants?
3: We actually have the most diverse native plant offering of any nursery in the United States. So, yeah, n- natives are what I grew up with. I, I was a, a very antisocial kid, so I spent all my time at the woods looking at plants because they didn't bother me. And, and so I've sort of had that passion, uh, you know, growing up in West Raleigh. So. We've looked at, uh, we've collected natives all through the southeast and uh, evaluated those and, and have some pretty incredible stuff. So we encourage people to grow them, not, not because they're native, but because they're great garden plants that happen to be natives. Uh, it, <clears throat> it, it, it makes me sad now to hear people out promoting what natives can really do. They say, well, natives are better adapted. The pollinators need the natives, blah, blah, blah which simply isn't true. Uh, our, our, even our Department of Environment, there was a big article in the News and Observer here a couple of months ago that they'd taken all the native plant, I mean all the, the other plants out of their headquarters in downtown Raleigh and put natives. Well, it's downtown Raleigh, not exactly a natural ecosystem. They had a concrete planter in front of the building. The idea that natives are better adapted to that is nuts. So we hope people will grow them. Not because they're supposedly <clears> more <throat> adapted, because they're not. Not because pollinators require them, but because they are great plants that today, they happen to be right here in our backyard.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I have another pet peeve, too. The word in- invasive, I think that's been overused. Now <clears throat> I may get attacked here by both you wonderful people, <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I am not going to do anything to my nandinas. I like them. I liked them during the winter wintertime. Uh, I, I know that I read some article where it said that the berries were toxic to a certain kind of bird. But what's wrong with a nandina?
3: I love nandinas. Uh, uh, now, here, what happens, you have one instance, and everybody gets on social media now and spreads misinformation. So in the history of humans, since humans have been existing, there's been one instance where cedar wax wings in an area that was loaded with nothing but Nandinas ate Nandina berries got sick and a handful of them died one time in the history of humans so what happens everybody overreacts oh my yeah. god you should get rid of your Nandinas
1: <coughs> no well there was an article <clears throat> the other day that said they were toxic it did not, did not define what you just talked about yeah. So it was uh, toxic to the birds you're talking about and that they, people should dig them up, get them out of the way, well, they bring wonder color. And I'm sure that some birds, except the cedar waxwing, love the, the berries, and I, 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 I know some things I think are invasive, I un- understand that. That's, to me, that's not whether they, they came from another country or not, it's just do they take over and you can't control them, and do they smother out everything else.
3: Yes, yes. There's actually an official definition of invasive that nobody seems to know. It is a non-native plant that invades a functioning natural ecosystem, displacing natives once population equilibrium has been reached, causing economic harm. That is the definition. People confuse garden weeds with invasives. Invasive is a very, very high level term. Uh, a, a sad example, hellebores are now on the North Carolina Wildflower Society's invasive species list. I love Helle, them. I, do, I love them, too. are no more invasive <laughs> than the man in the moon. Uh, you you can't—that's just not the way it works. Three years ago, they put bamboo, the genus bambusa, on their invasive species list. I had to write them, and I explained. I said, well, let me, let me make this clear. Number one, the genus bambusa is a clumping bamboo. It does not run. It couldn't run if a pack of hungry pandas were chasing it, and it only flowers once every 100 years. Yeah. To be invasive, a plant must seed, and it must seed prolifically over a large area. It does not do that. So we've got people making these decisions
2: without any basis in science. Mm. And it's that's why like, it's just like us. the litherum. I mean, some of the sterile species they don't produce seed. They're stunning. They're beautiful, but you know, there's some cases where some of them have dried up nine acres worth of water. Da da da. But yeah. I'm like, well, that's the the native species that you know is being invasive and seeding and drying up all the water. But it is a it's a tool. That plant is a tool. Yeah. Now nope. If you get the the sterile cultivar, which you can't sell in North Carolina, mm-hmm. then you can control. Wet areas, you know, areas where you have moisture, I'd, that's what I, you were talking about that while ago. You do the Daphne, you put another partner with it that's <laughs> going to help sponge the plant. So one of my go-tos is, is like, usually like a Lishmachia to be a sponge or Mazus. I mean, it you know, it's going to take care of mm-hmm. your air-conditioned area and it's not going to be wet and then your camellias are going to do great. Well, if you notice, nobody's talked about lithium in the last decade No, because (laughs)
3: because everybody got real excited before population equilibrium has been reached. So when you bring in a new plant, it just explodes. But then the natives go back and rein that in, and then they get along together. And that's what's happened in most cases with lithium, which is why we don't hear about it anymore.
0: Now what about uh, something that's starting to bloom now all around the area, and you will see them white blooms, the pear.
3: Bradford uh, pears, yes. yeah. <laughs> They've seen well. Bradford pears were never a great plant. They were a twenty-year annual. They, they look great at twenty years. They start falling apart. They fall on cars. They fall on houses. Well, they make a mess.
0: They smell bad too.
3: They, the smell is an acquired taste. <laughs> but yes, now they're starting to seed out in the woods. Are they ever going to be an invasive? I don't see it because they're not going to displace natives in a natural ecosystem. They're roadside weeds. I drove in this morning. I see Bradford pears have seeded everywhere. Do I wish people wouldn't grow Bradford pears? Yes. Hmm. It is an invasive species. No, sorry, it's not reaching that bar.
0: What about, is it ground cell that you see blooming during the winter? Backrus. Yeah, backrus. Now now, now, there
3: is a plant that has absolutely invaded every natural ecosystem called a highway right away
0: yeah from the um, coast uh, yeah. wherever
3: now that is a north carolina native <laughs> but it's only native to the coast so once they built i-40 the every car that travels i-40 going west has Barries spread backarus from <laughs> one end into the other so that can't be an invasive <clears> because it's native but if it was from somewhere else oh my god it would be on everybody's invasive species list yeah
1: yeah, well, I, now it let's is get back everywhere. to hellebore a minute. I, I have literally thousands starting out with a few plants. They, they are prolific cedars. Uh, I'm sure that 50 years from now, the, the, the whole two acres and a half will be covered up with with hellebore. But they are wonderful giveaway plants. If they're getting into your yard too much, dig them up, put them in pots, and give them away. Because Nelson will tell you they're they're pretty they're more than a medium-priced so, plant you're
2: preventing erosion
1: and so it's a soil you, you stabilizer can, absolutely i got them on, it's a on the bank you you couldn't take a big fire hose and, and cut a gully in it uh,
3: you're exactly right but now what's interesting is the breeders have come up with sterile ones that do not seed for people that don't want that and the if you go to the North Carolina Wildflower Society, they actually say we think the sterile ones should also be banned because we don't believe that any of them are actually sterile. Not based on any science. It's just somebody sitting around that says, "I just don't like hellebores because they're not from here." It's it's uh, truly
1: bizarre. they one of the most beautiful plants to come at the time of year when you don't have much blooming, and uh, I, I I said I have literally thousands. And there was a, a place somewhere down in Liberty, North Carolina, that I went one time and filled the back of my <clears throat> car with them. Did they and, know you were going to do that? Was that Tom
4: Gilmore? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, was, it was close to Tom Gilmore's, <laughs> and uh, I've not regretted it. Uh, deer won't touch them. Yeah. Deer just will not touch a hellebore, and I, I assume there's something poison about it, because a deer can tell if something's poison before we can.
3: They can. Yeah. We, we hope people will come out this weekend and see them. We've got some pretty incredible—the garden is full of blooming hellebores right oh, now. Oh, wow. We'd love to show people what's available and what—and they've come so far genetically in the last 20 years, thanks to the breeders, that the 20-year-old hellebores, uh, you'd be shocked how much they've improved.
1: Yeah. Well, I need to do that.
0: What, what are some other plants that that deer don't like? We get that question quite often because people, the, the deer come in, we're, we've taken over their habitat and you know they're eating.
3: We have uh, ferns, that's one of our specialties. Uh, uh, they really don't bother ferns. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, we've got, if they go to our website, to plantdelights.com and go on the search feature and you can search and you can click deer resistant and you'll get a list of all the deer resistant plants. We've spent a lot of time putting that list together. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of things that, that deer will not bother, as a general rule.
0: Yeah. And this is, uh, this is the last day for the winter open the house? Today and tomorrow. The day of tomorrow. Okay. Yeah.
3: And then we'll do it again in spring.
0: Okay. How do we get to, uh, to juniper level?
3: Well, we're 20 minutes south of the state capitol in Raleigh, so right uh, back of the southern campus of Wake Tech. If you go on either of our websites, plantdelights.com or jlbg.org, you can get a map.
2: Boy, and, the, and after you visit Tony's, you can come by and see the, the new garden hut. Absolutely.
3: That's right. Just right uh, around yeah. the corner
1: from That's us. Sure. That's right. We, we, you we can just can work there now. Customers. Well, in other words, get on 401 South
3: to start with. Get on 401 South and make both stops.
0: Boy, 401 <laughs> South, the, the crossroads there uh, has, has really just you know, where you turn to go to your place. It's incredible. I mean, there's a Costco there and everything else.
3: Yeah, and that was, that was a farm for so many years. I know. And, uh, yeah, when McCullers we moved out... Crossroads. Yeah, McCullers Crossroads. When we moved out there, there was four places to eat within 15 minutes, and all four were Hardee's.
1: Uh,
0: I do remember the Hardee's and,
3: and three of the four are now out of business, but everything else has sprung up and it's been incredible.
0: Yeah, but you still have uh, beautiful uh, juniper level in the botanical gardens out there. All right, 919-860-9783. We'll talk with Elizabeth and Rob coming up, but when you plant all of these beautiful plants, black cow is something that I think that you probably would enjoy using. Your plants certainly would. You know, it's helping the environment, the process of uh, repurposing manure. I'm sure uh, you all talk about that a lot. Uh, It's environmentally friendly, beneficial for your garden and lawn, and black cow contains up to 10 times more nutrients and microbes than garden soils normally do. And you know it helps to retain moisture too. Your lawn, flower beds, and vegetable gardens will be off to a great start with Black Cow. Everything grows better with sun and water and black cow. For more details, check out the website, blackcow.com. More of the weekend gardener coming up. It's 852.